HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at HearstRanch.com. Hello, welcome to Japan Needs. I'm your host, Aki Koteyama, a food writer and the director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deeper understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from Brooklyn, New York. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every deli and supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi, ramen, izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is so mystery for many people, and I try to demystify it in this program with my cool guests. My guest today is Ken Suzuki, the founder of Suzuki Farm in Delaware, which opened in 1983. In the last 39 years, Ken has devoted himself to introducing native Japanese vegetables and fruits to America. He and his team grow a variety of Japanese produce in their 28-acre land and harvest more than 30 kinds of crops throughout the year. I've been hearing about Suki Farm through Japanese and non-Japanese chefs who look for the uniquely delicate flavors of Japanese vegetables. So today we'll discuss why Japanese-born Ken Suzuki decided to farm in the U.S., what kinds of Japanese crops he grows, how unique and special they are, and how you can use them in your kitchen, and much, much more. But before we start, Japan is available on the Heritage Radio Network website, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as a podcast. So please go to iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify, whichever you listen to, and subscribe to Japan Eats. And please write a review. We really appreciate your feedback. Now, let's start a conversation with Ken Suzuki. Hello, Ken. Welcome to the show. Uh, hi, yes. Uh, first of all, I would like to express my deep appreciation or arigato to all my customers. It's a quite long time I was supported from many customers. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> there are so many customers you can even count. So, okay, so uh, first of all, to get to know you, uh, where are you from and what did you eat when you grew up? I was born and grew up in Gamagori, Aichi, Prefecture, Japan. Since Japan was not enough rich and my house was not also so rich, I had never eaten a, a lot a lot of uh, good food. 
I mo mostly ate rice, sometimes vegetables, and fishes. As my father worked at the fish shop, my family could eat fish, which was left over at shop. Fish was relatively cheaper at that time. Mm, right. Sounds like a very healthy childhood. So, so when and why did you come to America? I came here to the United States in 1974 as a chicken sexer. Have you heard of what job is? No, no, I haven't. What is chicken sexer? Chicken sexer is to absorb a chick's genital or sake and instantly judge male or female to supply chicken growers. Since the chicks is just born and very small, it is very difficult to make a judgment. It is important to have a concentration and good eyesight, not only knowledge. At that time, Japan Chicken Sex Associate sent many young people in the world. I was one of the, them and I learned technique at the school at Association Run. I worked in the Columbia for a few years because going to the United States in 1970. Mm, wow, sounds like a very special skill you had. So, and I heard that you worked for a Purdue Food Company, which is a large manufacturer of chicken products. So were you invited by Purdue to work in the U.S. or you wanted to come to the U.S. for another reason? When I came to the state, I worked in Iowa State at first. However, the local company gave us only half a year. It's freezing cold area in the winter. So chicken grower couldn't raise a half year. As my wife and I couldn't make money, we requested the association to be moved to any other area. Then I started working at Purdue in Maryland in 1975. I see. We started working at Purdue from August. We were too busy to sleep. The company was very growing at that time, so we could have a lot of the work. We often overworked as soon as we arrived home. We fell asleep immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, we could make money next a few years. Then we built a house in South Bay, Maryland. Oh, wow. That's amazing. It's an American dream to come true. But the good day didn't last long. In the end of 1982, the job hour was quickly reduced. So what happened in 1982? It was because one new way of judgment was developed. Only checking uh, the chick's wing 
it can be found female or male. By the new way, it can be done 5,000 chicks a hour. On the other hand, the, by the traditional way, it can be done only 1,200 chicks, even the best worker like my wife. For chicken growers, they could reduce sex judgment, cost dramatically, but chicken sexer, we lost a chance to make money like we used to do. Oh, that's too bad. As we already had a daughter and a son at that, that time, we somehow, somehow had to make a living. This is why I started to grow vegetables here in the USA. My first motivation was to produce food for my family. But as I started to harvest too much to custom, I'm sorry, consume only in my family, I had a drive to sell them to big city near here. Then I found some people also think they wanted Japanese fresh vegetables like we felt for a long time. It used to be sold less vegetables in grocery. There were only chaos, tomato, beans, onions, and potatoes. Local people had no dietary habit to eat many fresh vegetables, much to eat fresh vegetables at that time. Mm, wow, it's amazing you, you successfully grow so much vegetables. And um, yeah, it was really a good time for American consumers to get more appetite for something very foreign like Japanese vegetables too. So that's great. So, and you opened a Suki farm uh, 39 years ago in 1983 in Delmar, Delaware. Why did you open a farm there? Currently, farm is in Delaware, as you said, but to tell the exactly, I opened my farm in Maryland at the first time. I just borrow a piece of small land, a corner of one grower's big land, their land was huge. Then my new business go along with little by little. The first 10 years, I did everything by myself. In other words, my business was small. I needed to do it by myself. It was a tough time especially for weight watering. I didn't have well and irrigation system. So I needed to do, uh, go back my house to get water. Then I brought the water tank to my rental farm. I saw frequently 
went back and forced in summer. I needed watering at 11 p.m., then went back to farm at 4 a.m. Wow. Well, maybe it's, it's better than going to the gym. That's why you look still very fit. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so how did you deliver your vegetables at that time then? Of course, I drove my van by myself. There were only many Japanese in New York City. So there were a huge Japanese grocery store there. I brought my vegetables to them every Saturdays. As farming has no holiday, I needed to drive after physical work at Friday midnight. My wife and my children always come with me to check for me not to sleep during driving. One customer told me, Saturday is long, wolf and cub. I was really <laughs> supported by my family. Thank you very much. Right. <laughs> wow, that is amazing. Right. Okay. Um, so we'll take a quick break here. And when we come back, we'll discuss what is special about Japanese vegetables, what kinds of Japanese vegetables can grow, and how you can use them. So please stay with us. Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. The Hearst family has been raising cattle on the rich, sustainable native grasslands of California's Central Coast for over 150 years. Piedra Blanca Rancho in San Simeon is the original Hearst Ranch, founded by George Hearst in 1865. George's son was the famous publisher, William Randolph Hearst. In addition to being known for building the iconic Hearst Castle, William was, like his father before him, an avid rancher. In his words, I would rather spend a month at the ranch than any place in the world. Thanks to one of the largest land conservation easements in California history, a joint effort with the California Rangeland Trust, the American Land Conservancy, and the state of California, the working landscape at Hearst Ranch will be preserved forever. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at hearstranch.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Japanese. I'm your host, Saki Katema, and my guest today is Ken Suzuki, the founder of the Suzuki Farm in Delaware, which opened in 1983. In the last 39 years, Ken has devoted himself to introducing native Japanese vegetables and fruits to America. So let's talk about Japanese vegetables. So your farm specializes in Japanese vegetables and grows over 30 types of crops. So what is unique and special about Japanese vegetables? Yes, I have more than three types of Japan, uh, vegetables. Even me, I might not tell you everything currently at one time. As to what is Japanese vegetables, I don't know the accurate definition, but idea to say it is to pursue its deliciousness. As a variety issue, some of giant seed company went out of Japan. Then they also look for more high 
productivity and or disease resistance. But I still believe Japanese cheese breeders basically pursue delicious variety. Also, Japanese growers traditionally used organic materials. I believe this pulled out its deliciousness. In addition, Japanese chefs and housewives were very keen to create super delicious cuisine. So growers tried to catch up their expectation. I think it contributes Japanese vegetables progress too. Mm, right, I agree. And uh, so what do you think of the current status of Japanese vegetables market in Japan? Mm, I don't know current vegetables situation because I haven't lived in Japan for ages. But I just worry about unstable vegetables market. Sometimes very expensive and often dumping price. If I was under such a situation, it's hard to keep motivation to grow delicious crops. Mm, right. So, um, yeah, and then your vegetables are known for being naturally grown and pesticide-free. So what is your philosophy of growing vegetables at your farm? It, it is hard to score my farming by one word. But I could say it is a natural growing. I believe that the best test of vegetables can be abstracted from the seeds. We hunt power under a appropriate environment and an appropriate agriculture method. For vegetables to grow healthy, soil is essential. I put compost into my farm every year before planting. And this organic matter grow microorganisms and earthworms in the ground. The decomposed organic matter because become a nut, uh, nutrient for the planting vegetables. This flow is a key for my farming. I have practiced making delicious vegetables by reducing the use of synthetic fertilizers and allowing vegetables to grow naturally. Mm. I'm sorry to say that I have not committed to my vegetables as pesticide-free. This is because the seeds from Japan already be treated with a fungicide for quarantine. For the growing period, when I need spray, I will use organic certificate 
its pesticide at my host's choice. Organic chemicals are difficult to spray to be effective, but this is my policy. I don't use herbicide and plant growth promoter in my farm. I often receive complaints from my people. Why you don't use herbicide even outside of farm? It's very tough to remove grasses by hand and so on. But I'm proudly to say I will not use herbicide. Mm. As I said, my first motivation was to eat them with my family. I don't like to use chemicals. And I wanted my family to eat delicious vegetables, not like conventionally one to be sold for a long time. This is the reason I will keep on practicing my natural growing. Mm. Right. It makes sense that for the last 39 years, uh, chefs rave about your vegetables. So, yeah, it comes all about uh, from your natural growing uh, philosophy. So that's amazing. So, um, so seasonality, or shun in Japanese, is at the core of Japanese cuisine. So what kind of Japanese vegetables are the best for each season at your farm? Yes, you are right. I also believe the seasonality is a key for Japanese vegetables and cuisine. It's not easy to pick up only my vegetables each season. Let's say over green shiso in spring, kiuri, cucumber in summer, kabocha squash in autumn, daikon radish in winter. I have more delicious vegetables, not only said once. Mm, right. Well, for example, whenever I go to Japan, I just run to a Japanese grocery shop to eat cucumber in the summertime. It's very different. So, yeah. <laughs> so, and then your farm is located at Delmar in the state of Delaware. So is the climate of Delaware suitable for growing Japanese vegetables? Yes, I believe this area is very suitable to grow Japanese vegetables. Geographically, we are located in Delmarva Peninsula and close to ocean. And at two latitudes, our area is as same as Miyagi Prefecture in Japan. Climate-wise, it is categorized to temperate, humid climate. I believe it's close to Tohoku or Northern Kanto area in Japan. And after all, we have four seasons and various similar aspects to Japan. I can say our place 
is quite good area for vegetables cultivation. Mm, interesting. So they know why you can have four seasons. So yeah, Miyagi Prefecture is pretty north up north of Japan. So that really makes sense. Okay. And uh, I'd like to ask you more specifically about some of the Japanese vegetables that you grow so that the listeners can get the idea of what Japanese vegetables are. So I saw your website, which is amazing, and um, what is available right now in early spring. So you have plenty of goodies right now, right? Uh, yes. Well, first, I've restarted harvesting leaves such as komatsuna, chungiku, and mizuna. All of them are very popular for Japanese people in the East areas. And some local American people also order as periodically. We can supply our leaves in a day or so. Therefore, they are very fresh. Right. Yeah, so uh, the Komatsuna Shungeku Mizuna, those are very unique um, Japanese herbs, and it changes the whole um, richness of the flavor of a dish once you have it. So, yeah, that's fascinating that it's available in the States. So and I have some examples of uh, typical vegetables that you can find as Japanese vegetables. So, um, first of all, what is Tokyo scallion? or Tokyo Negi in Japanese. What is the difference between regular scallions that you can find in the States? Well, Tokyo Negi is so called Naga Negi or Nebuka Negi in Japan. We started planting from January and harvest from autumn to winter. It takes 10 months or a year to grow. The feather is not easy to eat white person, po, uh, portion. Not only green leaves as to the taste. You can enjoy its bitterness and umami together. It is essential for Japanese cuisine. To tell the truth, our Tokyo Negi this season had a big winter storm damage in January. It was too cold to keep on growing. I've never experienced such damage last several years. So my Tokyo Negi has less green leaves as of now. Regular mm-hmm. scallion in groceries look like, looks like a Japanese green onion but it's a kind of big different from Tokyo Negi. They are growing quickly in warmer area. The taste has only bitterness and limited umami. Mm. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, the Tokyo's canyons are, to me, it's very essential and uh, it's very delicate and yeah, like a sweetness and umami, those elements are packed in one place. And yeah, it's a unique, it looks like leek, thinner leek and vegetables, but it's unique. So you have to taste that. And, and then the texture 
It's kind of if you cook long, it melts in your mouth too. So that's another charm of it. Okay. Um, so what is Mitsuba, uh, which is very versatile. It's a precious vegetable. It's a unique Japanese vegetable. What does it taste like and how do you use use it? Mitsuba has a refreshing green color and a unique scent. It is independent for Japanese cuisine during winter and early spring. I think it is most used for New Year's or Ozoni. In addition to the color of the dishes, there are various ways to eat, such as salad and kakiage, which is one style of tempura. Mm, right. Yeah, Mitsuba is, uh, most of people say it's similar to celery or Italian parsley or somewhere in between. But to me, it's really unique. And then I like putting, in, uh, putting, it, putting them in the hot pot. And it's just a fragrance that, like you said, it smells very, very um, wonderful. So, but what is uh, shiso? And also, what are hanaho and uh, hojiso? Shiso is the most typically Japanese herb. Especially green shiso is called oba too. It is used to so many various ways of Japanese cuisine, such as sushi. It has not only its highly aroma, but also high nutrient, according to Japanese TV programs. One of function in anti-aging. It is maybe why I can still work six days a week. <laughs> Red shiso is <laughs> now getting popular here. Traditionally, we used red shiso for add to umeboshi and make it red color. But recently, it mostly used for juice. It's healthy and refreshed juice, popular among young ladies. Hoiso is a bad of shiso, and hanaho is a flower. Both items are also used for cuisine. It looks Japanese doesn't like to waste any part of plant. Mm, right. We don't waste anything. That is for sure. Um, yeah, so for visually, uh, our listeners may have seen tiny garnish of pink flowers on the stem on top of sashimi at the Japanese restaurant. And uh, so that's the hana hojiso. And... Uh, yeah, the hojiso, hana hojiso. These are really rare to find. But, um, you know, if you go to a Japanese restaurant, you to sashimi, usually shiso leaves are underneath the sashimi and sometimes with shredded daikon. And if you put them together and eat it with wasabi, it's sublime and you should never leave it on your plate because it's something I often see it's not eaten. So it's a treasure. Anyway, so... Um, okay, so your goal is to deliver the freshest and most delicious vegetables possible 
to your customers. So what is the biggest challenge for you to achieve your goal? Well, agricultural aspect, I challenge to produce bokashi fertilizer by myself. Hmm. So what is bokashi fertilizer? <laughs> it's totally organic malas mixed with rice bran, fish meal, and so on. It's a traditional Japanese agriculture fertilizer. And this is really good for plants to absorb nutrients naturally. It's general artificial fertilizer make plants absorb nutrients so quickly. This causes plants unhealthy. Bokashi fertilizer is one of wisdom our ancestor created. Sad to say, but I heard not many growers used in Japan now. Currently, I am still learning how to produce it here. I have not succeeded. It was of now. This challenge is not only for soil enrichment, mm. but for vegetables deliciousness. This is my biggest challenge this season. Mm. Right. Interesting. So, yeah, nutrients can be absorbed too much too soon, and that really causes all those imbalances within the plant. And also, um, it's not as good and to the soil as compared to natural fertilizer. So, okay. And do you have any other challenges? I would like to start a CSA program. It stands for Community Supported Agricultures. Now many American families use them and support for local farms. The original concept come from Japan in 1960s. It went to Europe, then it spread in the state. I don't know how to create this program as of now, but it is time to challenge the program this season. Mm, right. Well, CSA, I think, is really uh, effective to support small farms. And I, I used to be a member, and I had to stop be just because the pickup date of the week didn't work for me anymore. But I'm ho hoping to resume my membership again. So, yeah, it's a great idea. And um, it's win-win because consumers get the freshest, most amazing vegetables uh, regularly just by paying ahead of time. Uh, beginning of the season. So, yeah, I hope you will make it uh, happen very soon. So, uh, who are your customers? Well, wholesaler and home cookers. I started business with wholesaler at first, mostly grocery store and supermarket. And we have some restaurant users. They are still my biggest customers. And uh, several years ago, one student who used to study college in the state helped me to build up website. Then I could start 
business with an individual person, so-called e-commerce. Last two years, many home cookers order my vegetables through the website under COVID restriction. Right. Well, I'm one of those、uh, who perused your amazing website. And、uh, yeah, so I got your vegetables. It's so fresh and、uh, it's just different. And I had, first time in a long time, I had a very, very good Japanese daikon. And、uh, there was a special Kyoto、uh, species, carrots. So, yeah, I'm very、um, grateful that you have that all the wonderful vegetables、um, to consumers directly, too. So, okay, so your customers include many top chefs. So, could you give us some examples of how they use、uh, Japanese vegetables? Yes, however, I cannot say everyone. As one good example, Sushi Taro in Washington, D.C. periodically orders our vegetables. Not only top chef, one chain ramen restaurant are now typing, trying to use our Tokyo Negi for tapping on ramen. I would like to introduce my vegetables to all chefs. Who looks for fresh and delicious vegetables?、Mm, right. And I have to add, it's not just fresh and delicious, it's unique. And、uh, there are many discoveries. Even I grew up eating <laughs> some of the Japanese vegetables. <laughs> I forgot when I went to American supermarkets. So many, many、um, discoveries. And、uh, that often rescues my、uh, cooking as well. So, yeah. Good luck. And so you sell Japanese vegetable seedlings on your website too. So, what kind of seedlings、uh, would you recommend to beginner home vegetable growers like me? I recommend it over green shiso at first. You can grow the seedling in house with room temperature and adequate water. Overgrows very well. You may harvest them until September.、Mm, right. Yeah. So, over shiso that we mentioned, and you can have、uh, shiso flowers and even shiso fruits after the season, too. So, growing your own、uh, over or shiso is such a pleasure throughout the season. And they grow so well. I tried that on my、uh, fire escape in New York City apartment. So, what else? If you have a garden, why don't you try Kyuri cucumber, nasu eggplant, manganji pepper? One of my customers told me she harvested a lot of nasu fruits last year, more than her family consumption. Manganji pepper is non hot pepper. Shisto is well known, but it is one hot fruit out of ten. Manganji is good for everyone, especially for families with children and elders. We will start the seeding sales from mid April until end of May. 
Okay, so coming up on sale season. And uh, I have to say, nasu is really easy to grow, but um, the nasu eggplants are very different from American or European equivalent because it's so um, thinner, shinier, and smaller, and more delicate, but intense. So yeah, I highly recommend that you try growing it. Um, okay, and then I heard that you recently transferred the ownership of your farm to a company called Food Style USA. Although you and your farm team um, remain active in managing the farm, so why did you decide to uh, transfer the ownership for your farm? Because it was a good time to succeed my farming to next generation, as my daughter. And my son have their job. I needed to look for others. And most of my customers are Japanese. So I needed someone to take care of them, knowing Japanese way to feel. One of my customers introduced me with Mr. Yoneda. President of Food Style USA. I decided to take my business to him last February. He requested me to stay at farm and to keep on working with his people. It is a good chance for me to teach my farming to them. It has passed just one year. Mm, right. I understand. You've been working on the farm almost 40 years, so I respect your hard work and it's time. But I think you found a good partner because Foodstyle USA, um, they want, they, has, uh, they have uh, the uh, Santoka, uh, that's a ramen chain stores, and they seem to understand very well uh, the value of healthy and um, delicious Japanese vegetables. So yeah, well, good luck and congratulations. Um, so what are your plans and dreams? Oh, this is my secret. I can't say today, please leave it only my heart. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. So maybe I'll ask you in, I don't know, five years. Um, okay, so where can we find your updates online and on social media? Yes, we have. Facebook, and then Instagrams. Please search by Suzuki Farm USA. Then you may easily find our page. Okay, great. All right, so thank you so much for joining us today, Ken. Thank you so much. All right. So, uh, so listeners, I really highly, highly recommend uh, that you um, try Japanese vegetables through uh, Suzuki Farm website. Um, and you feel... This is really um, coming out of his soul and love for Japanese vegetables. So, yeah, we got lucky to have Ken today. So um, if you have any questions or comments about the show or suggestions for show topics or guests, please contact us at japanese at heritageradionetwork.org or kikukateyama.com. Japanese is a weekly program and always available at heritageradionetwork.org as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify as a podcast. Our engineer is Amen Spenjan, and thank you for listening. I will see you next week. Japanese is powered by Simplecast. 
Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thank you for listening.